Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cruise FM presents The Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James P. White. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Thinking about a new furnace? Get a free quote at alwaysplumbing.ca. You gotta come on. Boom, 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 boom. Come on! Bang, 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 bang. Here we go. Grant, I wish you were in the room to yeah? see Jimmy's shirt. Oh, what is it today? Is it the Star Wars shirt? No, it, it looks like something. What, what What's one of those male stripper troops? Give me a name. Oh, like uh, Thunder Down Under? Yeah. It, okay. Picture this. <laughs> it's a Monday night. All right, and there's a special showing of Thunder Down Under at the Bigfoot Pub on 118. Okay. okay, the ladies go crazy, the guys come out, they perform, and at the end of the night, they have a quick shower and they're on their way to their hotel rooms. And just picture the the shirt that somebody from Down Under might throw on at the I end of the night. Having is it shiny? It's. <laughs> Shiny. It should be tight, but it's not. Uh, yeah. I want to see a picture of it. All right. I'll fire a picture at you. <laughs> I need to see it. All right. I'll send you a, a pic in the in the text group. <sighs> Thank you. Is this new, Jimmy? What is this? Where the hell did you get this shirt? I actually bought it for the photo shoot. We ended up not using it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That was a strong move. All right. <laughs> Would have been Meat's birthday today. Old Meatloaf. Ooh, nice. So we're going to kick off the show with some paradise. Good morning from the locker room, everybody. He's got 10 years of high school, a month of university, most educated member of the show. show. And now, and Jimmy now, explains. Jimmy explains. Hey, visual confirmation. All right. We got it? And we have an impact. A family personality in the name of planetary defense. It's a little audio from last night's impact with this DART mission. Jimmy? So what the DART project was, uh, it's they're saying the best uh, way of uh, diverting an asteroid from actually hitting the planet Earth mm-hmm. is by impacting it with something like the the uh, sh- uh, shuttle that they used uh, that you just played the impact from. So what it was is they launched this project. It's called the DART project. They launched it back in November, so November of last year. Mm-hmm. They launched it as a space vehicle, and it impacted this asteroid and supposedly diverted the course. It wasn't actually on impact with or, or like. On trajectory, it was more of a test to see if it would actually work, change the trajectory rather than using the uh, the Armageddon method that uh, we're sending Bruce Willis and drilling a hole in the asteroid and putting an explosive. 
Supplied the little bumper cars. But, yeah. but the thing is, though, is if you... I think, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, I remember hearing something yesterday when they were talking about this, because I watched a bunch of news on it, right? And I was just sort of half paying attention. But I think eventually this one asteroid, because asteroids have a path, right? They have a pattern. They move around, and they, they, they will return. That eventually, like in 100 or 200 or 400 or 500 years or something, this asteroid has the potential to hit Earth. So they picked this one specifically because they've actually done the math on its long-term trajectory, easy for you to say, (laughs) and that this this was like a... Okay, well, listen, if we're going to do a test on one, then let's do it on this one because, you know, in 500 years, it could hit planet Earth if it continues on this path. Yes, but the difference between this project and the Armageddon project from the movie was, no, just let me get into this, is because the the reason why they sent Bruce Willis to put the bomb inside the asteroid is it was too big and too close for this to actually work. At that was the time. a movie. But I'm just saying that's the reason why they sent Bruce. Is because they talked about how eyes. if they sent something to impact against it, it wouldn't have the significant change because it was so close. Whereas Jimmy because never really the, lives in the in the actual world. Because, because we're hearing more where, about Armageddon no, than but, we are well, about okay, what but just li- Okay, and there's Thor an explanation behind it. Because, it of the imp- <laughs> because of the impact zone of where it was so far away, there's more of a chance of it doing a significant change to the tra- trajectory. Trajectory. Easy for you from, to say. <laughs> from that distance. Because it, even though it moved it a little bit, it's significant okay. right. in, because of I, the distance. I, okay. This well, is I did some research yesterday yeah. and watched the movie. <laughs> This is why Bruce Willis was trending yesterday. This wasn't yeah. even on my radar until I saw Bruce Willis trending. And then I just, oh, nice. I luckily, I ended up going, why is Bruce Willis trending? And then I hit this YouTube live thing from NASA, and I actually watched, I think I caught the last 10 minutes before uh, you hear it, all that cheering. And, and it's a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, when I started to look into it, I was like, oh, man, we're going to see this thing blow up. But it didn't really have that they're just bumping it yeah they're just bumping it and the curling with it yeah and then the the actual impact just it was like you you saw different frames right and then you saw really up close and then it just went to this bright red screen so if you are looking for it there is video up there that that youtube live thing is still up there from nasa kind of interesting uh, though like the whole thing the whole concept right yeah if you go to google and you just type in dart mission there's like this graphic that appears and your screen shakes and then your everything's sideways now on my screen. Oh, I did, okay. Yeah, just go Google Dart Mission. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now. All right, hang on. Google Dart Mission, all one word. On my screen. Yeah, uh, two words. Dart Mission. Look at Google being fun. By the way, right? this this asteroid oh, look that it. they did my the screen impact is crooked. To. Yeah, my screen's all crooked now too. Dicks. By the way, this asteroid that is this they more did the impact, Armageddon? No, it's it's actually orbiting a larger asteroid that is also Apollo on the 11. same trajectory. Okay, all right. 
Um, or they're going to have to send Bruce. How many how many radio stations are playing Aerosmith this morning? Hopefully, uh, all of them. Uh, should we do it too, or is yep. that too predictable? I I really like that song because it makes Army Chris cry. Okay, well then we'll we'll cue it up and play that next. You're in the locker room on ninety five seven Cruise FM. You're right, Grant. We have talked about this a little bit over the last little while about um, about robot servers. The restaurant business is kind of taking it in the well. COVID was really tough on it, and then everybody came back to work, and nobody wanted to go back to the restaurant business, so they're having a really hard time finding staff. Um, and and uh, and so I think this is something we are going to see more and more and more of. Wasn't it just last yeah. week we talked about a restaurant? It was last week or the week before. It was a hot hot pot spot. Yeah, in Edmonton, Buddy Wonton Seafood. That's right. Has one of these. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a robot server. So you order from it, it goes back to the kitchen and gets your meal and it brings it to you. I think somebody has to load it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have arms. Yet. Not yet, though. Thanks for pointing that said, out, though, Jimmy. They said it winks at you. Oh, like when it drops off your food, it comes up and winks. <laughs> so you mentioned the first one that got one, and now this one's um, this is the next place. We're all going to try to say the name of the restaurant. Um, we'll let Jimmy go first because he's Korean. Tabian ni Kabian. That sounded like you were fluent. Did you hit your head last you- night? Say that again. <laughs> Were Tabian you in a coma? Tabian ni Tabian. <laughs> Have you been watching a lot of martial arts movies? <laughs> Every night. <laughs> All right. Grant, do you want to try it? Uh, I'm just going to copy how he said it. Tabian ni Tabian ni Tabian. I think that's a pretty decent, Jimmy. Nice work. It sounds right. I want to go to one of these restaurants. But see, this one here, basically, like the robot that they have in this picture almost looks like the similar design as like a Roomba where it's got the bumpers on the bottom and it's just stacked up where yeah, you just, just put trays. trays into it. Yeah. yeah. And it just has bumpers. So By the way, it's so not Korean, it hits, it's, it's Filipino. It's Filipino? Okay. Filipino. Filipino, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'd like, I'd go, I'd have... I had Thai food well, the other night. It was amazing. My God. Part of the reason they said it is they got it is because it literally brings people in, too, because people want to post yeah. on social media about it, so they come in to see Peanut, the robot, yeah. and they're they're busier because of it. Well, I want to go because I want to see what this is all about. But Jimmy- You'd end up fighting it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Your water was warm or something, and you'd smack it. (laughs) That's not true. And now, Nerd News with James P. White, the first. So there's this uh, series coming out, so it's uh, based on Blade, which was uh, Wesley Snipes in the original movies. So they're doing a a remake, and it includes... Not a it's, movie. It is oh, a movie. It's a series. Eh? It's a wow. series of movies. Oh, the the uh, it's a re, it's a remake. It's a remake uh, with I'm going to say his name uh, wrong. Mahershala 
Ali. Uh, so he's going to be played. But they said they're starting to film soon. Uh, in November is when they're going to start filming it. Grant, are you surprised he jumped on that? I feel like we've been talking about this for three years. I remember hearing about this a long time ago. Yeah, but the but the news is is it was announced like before uh, COVID, and then it's they're but starting that filming actor soon. in particular doesn't strike me as somebody that would. Maybe there's some really good people behind it, right? Like he yeah, seems maybe to be decent. He seems to make decent choices critically because he's. Because he's done Green Book, Moonlight, yeah. the True Detective series. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of those. How do you say his name again? Yeah. I, Masahi- I think it's Mas- Master. Uh, now I got it all screwed up. Masahiro Ali, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds bad. I that thought was what it was, yeah. Hmm. That, that's, that's pretty interesting. Because I remember we've talked about the fact that this Blade thing is happening. I thought it was going to be a movie. Maybe they've switched gears. Maybe they're... It, because, it's a series of movies. So it's going to be so a movie. So it is a movie. So it is movies. They're just going to do like five of them. Yeah. Okay. But, but the thing is, though, is where some of the nerds are losing their mind is because all the other Blade movies were rated R. These aren't going to be rated R. These are going to be a little bit lower key, less violence. Huh. And that's what the Blade movies were really known for is like the yeah, heavy, they were pretty, uh, pretty severe blood uh, and do they hold like up? I don't like if I, I, I haven't if seen I went them back and watched them. Would they still be entertaining? Because I do remember liking the Blade movies. The first one holds up. The second one kind of bites still. Like who is the actor again? Wesley, Wesley Snipes Wesley. was the originally one. The tax guy. He's out of jail. Why isn't he in these? <laughs> He's probably too old right now because he's it, like his last He'd be in his really 60s big, now for big he's projects. 60. He's in yeah, he was in the Expendables, you know, where all the old uh, actors go to hang out and do movies. But the new guy is like fifty. He's not that much younger. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, maybe he's uh, he's got a trick knee, <laughs> trick knee he's and tax too- troubles. Wesley Snipes is too prisony. He wanted to bring a shank yeah. out of an old toothbrush. <laughs> so there you go. The tooshra- a toothbrush won't work unless it's made out of silver. Silver screen in uh, 2023. So this isn't that far away. There you go. All right. Blades coming, everybody. Somebody sent me a note and said, Locke, have you ever heard of this story? It's from 1940. And I said, no. He goes, I think you you need to do some research on this because I think you would find it wildly entertaining. It's Disney-related, um, so it's not on my radar at all. Okay. But I, I did some research. I, I dug up the information on this particular event that this guy was, was, was talking about. And then I found a YouTube video that explains, that breaks down this whole day and tells the story. And we need to play it. Okay. Because I think it shines a light on... You know how every time there's a movie about... It doesn't even matter what it's about, but it might involve the possibility of little people, right? Yes. And Jimmy gets 
all wound up because Hollywood, and for years now, has just, they take these roles and they give them to other actors. They They, use camera angles and everything else. Yeah, but like, for instance, the new Lord of the Rings, they've got that one group, the Hobbits, right? That's part of the storyline. I don't know if you're watching it, Jimmy. But none of them are little people. Yeah, but hobbits are not little people. My problem with the the Lord of the Rings, especially in the movies, I'm not sure if they actually did this in um, this series yet. But there was dwarves. Actually, oh, they were dwarves. called dwarves. They're dwarves, and, and they're not, they're not dwarves. People. No, they're like in the Lord of the Rings movies. They had some big ass dudes that they just. You know, like it was like Grant that they turned into a dwarf for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I identify as a dwarf, so <laughs> makes sense. Thank you very you much. Identify as an idiot too. Same but. thing is happening here with the with the Lord of the Rings right now. But this is going to give you a re- the definitive proof as to why that there has been like ongoing discrimination against the dwarf community in Hollywood, and I'm kind of siding with hollywood on this based on my research (laughs) i'm anti-dwarf now actually a lot of people don't know this we have somebody pretending to be a dwarf on our show as well we just use camera angles and stuff whenever we go facebook live okay i'll see you guys tomorrow (laughs) he's very annoyed today i can tell (laughs) he's he's very he's very because he made fun of his new shirt (laughs) i'm a real dwarf He's a real dwarf, Grant. Pinocchio's a real boy. Okay. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Okay, so I have a couple of sources that prove that this, actually three, that this story is true. Okay? Okay. So when it got sent to me, I did a little bit of research, and then I was like, okay, this could be fake. It might not be real. Then I kept looking and I found three sources that all confirmed that this actually happened. And it was back in 1940 for the premiere of Pinocchio. Okay. And this is an audio breakdown. This guy has a YouTube page that's sort of dedicated to weird and crazy stories. So, and he actually does a very good job of explaining the whole thing. So I thought we would just play the audio. So listen closely, Jim, because there's a lot of things in this that I think are going to explain your concern with Hollywood and their lack of hiring little people for little people jobs. Okay? Okay. Here we go. The all-day red carpet premiere of the Pinocchio featured film in 1940 has a rather interesting and shall we say revealing story. Riding high off the huge box office smash that was Snow White, Walt Disney wanted to impress and entertain the guests, especially the children, of those attending the new featured film's premiere. To do this, Walt himself hired 11 little people to portray the little wooden puppet turned real boy in full costume. The premiere took place at the Center Theater in Rockefeller Center in New York City, which at the time had a large marquee overhang above its entrance. Walt thought it would be the perfect stage for the 11 Pinocchios to stand high above the crowd to wave, dance, and entertain for all to see. This was an all-day event, and it would require the group of actors to be stuck on top of that theater for several hours. In preparation, they were well-stocked with plenty of food and also, apparently, plenty of alcohol. 
As the day progressed, the group of little people were getting a little worn out from dancing in the sun under those big uncomfortable masks and turned to the food and alcohol. This is when the event began to deteriorate quickly. Soon, the group of growingly intoxicated Pinocchios began shouting and carrying on with each other, laughing, swearing, and making a scene. One of the 11 little people decided it would be funny to take off all his clothing, and eventually the rest of the group followed suit. Before you knew it, the roof of the theater was filled with drunk, nude dwarves swearing and shouting at each other and the crowd below. The event got so out of hand that eventually the cops had to be called, and when they arrived on scene, scaled the roof, they discovered the gang of little people hanging out and gambling. When the police gambling. tried to apprehend the intoxicated little people, they all tried to escape, running around the roof of the theater giving the police a hard time. Eventually, the cops went out and had to remove them from the roof using pillowcases. That's right, they bagged them into pillowcases and carried them down the ladder. And that is, according to legend, the New York City premiere of Pinocchio, ruined by a gang of drunk, gambling, naked little people who had to be carried off of the roof of the theater in pillowcases so they would stop harassing children. There you go. Who in their there right any... mind would give a bunch of dwarves in the heat booze? Well, that one's Disney's on Walt. Fault. It has nothing to <laughs> do with the Walt. dwarves. That's all Walt. Like, I just want to know, um, the one that took all his clothes off, is there any relation there, Jimmy? Is that Otis White? <laughs> Great Uncle Otis? I have no little people in my first family. Off, first off, as soon as I heard that story, I'm like, there's like 12 points in there that lead directly to things that Jimmy would do. Right? Yep. Drunk, nude, gambling, swearing. The whole thing has got Jimmy written all over it. <laughs> Why do you think Disney doesn't hire me? But this can't, like, this is not the reason why they don't hire little people now. I if think it is. No, if this, if that I was the is. case, if that was the case, why is there so many midgets, or sorry, little people, little people. At, in, in actual Disneyland? Why? Because Walt learned his lessons, and don't give those little well, little jerks booze. And like don't even get it. Don't even get into the Wizard of Oz stuff. Yeah, that's like they were horrible on the set of Wizard of Oz. Just complete animals. Yeah. The locker room presents the Grant Report for JT Bar and Grill, where good people come to enjoy the best food and drinks with other good people. Now, Grant Johnson. Today is actually a very special day, and I bet you didn't even know about it. September 27th is National Morning Show Hosts Day. Hmm. A day for everyone to pay their respects to us here on the locker room for the brave work that we do. Uh, you know, I don't like to use the word hero very often, but I mean, come on. Just to give it some context here on National Mor Morning Show Host Day, uh, we have been morning show hosts on cruise for six years now. Six years of breathing in Jimmy's farts in a small enclosed space. Mm -hmm. No wonder I got COVID. Six years of sacrificing <laughs> sleep to catch the end of the hockey game. Six years. Six long years of telling people we'll stop playing patio lanterns. Stop! Just... Just imagine where your life would be without a morning show host in it today. Who would write poems for you or give you incorrect traffic info? Without a morning show, where would you find a middle-aged man to tell you every little detail about the Star Wars universe? I bet you wouldn't have that in your life. So let's celebrate today on National Morning Show Host Day. 
Thank you, sheets in your life. The Grant Report is brought to you by BOGO Tuesday at Edmonton Glory Hole Tours. As an added bonus, you can now get two stamps on your loyalty card when you buy a tour on Tuesday, and every 10th tour is free. Book today at Edmonton or Tabor GloryHoleTours.com. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. So we will do this today and tomorrow, and then it's your last chance at tickets. It's for next Saturday, October 8th. The, this is an annual thing, isn't it? Yeah. I've seen it a couple a couple times, like heard about it a couple times once every year. But yeah, it's at the... So that would be annual. So Edmonton <laughs> Symphony Orchestra does this annually, Windspear. We managed to uh, uh, get our hands on some tickets, and we're giving them away just after 8 this morning. You, you're just playing Star Wars music trivia with us, all right? We'll go to the phones. Hang on for that. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. So this is a breakdown of the 30 best Oreo flavors, which doesn't even mean there's only 30. Right? There could Just be the more. 30 best? Yeah. That was the thing that I was sort of thinking about when I read this. I was like, how many are there? Is there like 100? Well, they've been at- They've been at it a long time, right? So they had to be get creative and try things and limited editions and we're not gonna, this is what we have. We're not gonna go through the entire list, like the whole thirty, but we will rattle through the top ten. I need to figure out why I have more respect for someone that took the time to find all these Oreo flavors and then rate them and and come up with a top thirty list. Why do I have more respect for that individual than I do for most political figures on the planet? Somebody got paid a lot of money to do this, right? <laughs> I bet you they got paid nothing. I bet you this is just some guy in his basement on Amazon just ordering. A passion project. <laughs> Start at 10, Grant, and work your way to the top. No, number 10, the white fudge dipped Oreo Thins Bites, which I have never heard of. I've never heard of that. There's going so to be a couple here. There's going to be a couple here that you haven't heard of, everybody. Like I've had the white the white chocolate ones with the white coating on the outside, but not these. Okay. Number nine, fudge dipped mint Oreo thin bites. So that must have been something they did, right? The thin bites. Yeah. Trying to get into a new market. The, he's talking about them being frozen too. Like you got to freeze these ones, and a lot of guys do that with the with the mint stuff. I know I know people that freeze those Girl Guide mint cookies that are out right now. And then yeah. th- that's a go-to for a snack, right? You bowl of ice cream. Oh, yeah, you it. throw them in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a mint guy. I've never been a mint guy. I've like- always been the mint cookie guy. Like, I like the mint Oreos. I like the mint uh, I know, because when I was selling the, the Oreo cookies, or no, the uh, Girl Guy cookies back in the day, Jimmy would always buy a couple of boxes from the girls. All right. The keep, mint ones. Yeah, keep going. Number eight, number eight, peanut butter Oreo. I'm a fan. Those look good. I've had those. Never- I've had the peanut butter Oreo. Yep. Num- number seven, the chocolate Oreo. I've had those so, as well. So instead the of the white inside. filling. Yeah, yeah. That, that's chocolate. Those are solid. That's n- It's n- never a mistake. Number six, the churro Oreo. I had no idea this existed, but I want it. It so, says it's got a churro-flavored cream. So that's the that's the Mexican donut, right? The, the, yeah, the, the, so, stick, yes. the stick, and it's got cinnamon, and it's got um, sugar on it, deep fried yeah. goodness. Yeah, that would be. I would if I saw that in a store, I'd buy that in in a heartbeat. 
Number five, chocolate Oreo thins. See, I don't... So they are a, a I thinner Oreo. Like, the, the Oreo, to me, like, that cookie is already perfect. Why do you need to thin it up? Am I wrong? I, if you're watching your weight, I guess, you get a thinner version of it. See, this is, this is the problem I would have with that, right? St- like, I'd get the thins... And then and you'd I would eat just the eat twice as box. many. I'd probably eat three times more than I would if I had a normal box of them, right? Well, number four is the Oreo Thin Bites. So these are like in a bag. Okay. You get them, and they're thinner, smaller Oreos. Um, just There's little bites of them. appealing to that. I, I, just, I just crapped on the thins, but for some reason, yeah. the Thin Bites, like the, the, the minis, seems to appeal to me. I don't know why. Anyway. Well, number three is the Oreo Mint Thin. Huh. So they said people enjoyed this cookie's fresh crunch. <laughs> okay. I guess the do the thins have a better crunch, maybe? Maybe. And then number number two was the fudge-dipped Oreo Thin Bites. So wow. again, in a bag. They're dipped in fudge. They look delicious. I would and mess then, up a bag of that. Like, I'm just looking at a picture right now. That that would I don't even one, know if I'd get that in the door. I'd be in the car <laughs> in the garage. That's what you buy to drive eat while you're driving home from the grocery store. Yeah. And then number one, the best Oreo ever, the birthday cake Oreo. Okay, <gasps> so birthday cake is that a newer thing? Because I'm it seeing seems that. like the kids love it. Birthday cake stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, Lane like just we, texted and said that's his favorite. Really? Okay, so we already have somebody on board with the birthday. Like when we go to like Tim Hortons, the kids always want birthday cake uh, Timbits. Yeah, it's because good. it has the uh, what is sprinkles. It? Sprinkles. sprinkles. Yeah, I think that's but, probably part of it. But I'm kind of disappointed by this list that my favorite isn't on the list. Double stuffed corn. Um, oh. the the double stuffed corn Oreo. I don't know if they sell that one. I don't outside think of there is buddy. a corn one. Okay, hold on. There, I'll just look on the list to see if it it shows up. Double stuffed. So that sounds dirty. Uh, red I velvet actually, I, is on there. Mint. I liked the carrot cake ones, and I liked the cinnamon bun one. Do you remember the cinnamon bun? That's not on the top thirty. I don't think. Gingerbread. Also, one what, is. A, what about the Oreo ice cream sandwiches? Do you remember those? They no. still sell those in the in the convenience stores. So it's an ice cream sandwich, oh, but it's no. an Oreo. I've had that. I've had that. Yeah. I'm just looking to see if Jimmy's double stuffed is on here. There's a double stuffed Oreo at number 30. Okay. So it's dead last. That makes sense. Jimmy, yours is dead last. <laughs> Jimmy just checked the Oreo webpage. You can't buy cookies on it. Just like merch, which I think is just, yeah, like dumb. slippers, pillows. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. This was big news yesterday. Did you see this, Grant? I did, yeah. Edward Snowden granted Russian citizenship. Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin, old Putler, issued a decree on Monday granting citizenship. I I guess he's asked for it. I'm thinking Putin probably did it on time. It's a time issue, right? He's got a yeah, lot of Yeah, he's been there since 2013, and now you'd have to think he's doing this to either anger the Americans or uh, yeah. to try to win some public credit, maybe, because a lot of people do think Snowden shouldn't be you know, charged with his espionage charges. So 
Somebody sent me a yeah. clip of um of their news coverage of this, and um it was it's very interesting their spin on it on on how they are how they portray this war to the to the public, and uh, there are no outside media. There, there's no independent media left in Russia now. It's all state, and that was that was something that started at the beginning of the war. Because obviously Putin's trying to put a clamp on on how this is portrayed in the press, but he's also probably trying to go, "Hey, we're we're doing this for Russia. We're doing this for us. Mm-hmm. It's this is good for us." Do you see all the videos, Grant, of uh, people trying to get out of Russia? Yeah, and all the flights and stuff because they're starting to you know tell citizens they're going to have to go to fight in Ukraine. They are saying Edward Snowden will not have to go to fight. Uh, so even though he's a citizen now, they're like, don't worry, we're not going to send you to Ukraine to fight. Because <laughs> you were never in our army. You were never yeah. in the army. Well, that, that hasn't really concerned them about a lot of their citizens right now. He, he put out, he made a law earlier in the week or late last week, it doesn't matter, uh, and he said, we need a million people to for the reserves. Yeah. So then they went out and they just started gathering anybody between the ages of 18 and 55 and just throwing them in buses. It's crazy. And uh and he and yesterday or the day before he added another 300,000 to that. So people are just literally freaking out. They're trying to get out of Russia. It, I wonder cuz Snowden does a lot of press around the world. And I wonder if if there's any if he's just stayed away about commenting on the Ukraine war. I bet he has, but I wonder what he thinks about the war in Ukraine. You would have to think he's against it, right? <laughs> well, he's obviously scared that that the U.S. He's scared of the U.S. for good reason, right? He leaked classified documents that that specifically i mean there was a lot of stuff but it was specific to government surveillance programs so yeah he he worked for the NSA and he basically revealed how they were listening to people's phone conversations uh when they weren't supposed to be and recording them and and following them and, and so they he's weren't the one happy. That leaked all that they weren't they weren't happy. happy have you watched the the Edward Snowden uh movie the citizen 4 documentary I watched the movie with that actor. Oh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Y- yes, but I haven't watched the actual... You should you should watch Citizen Four. So when he was leaking all this stuff about the NSA, he had camera crews with him. And like they're in like Nepal or somewhere like that. And he's in this little tiny apartment, somebody's apartment, the day that, that the stories about him came out. And it, it's pretty wild to watch. Well, he had how press scared with he was for his life, and well, yeah, yeah. I still think there's a good there's good reason for him to be scared. Yeah, I would think so. I th- I, I think him hiding in Russia is not the his worst idea. But right? I also think I wonder how he feels about like, okay, Russia granted him citizenship, but they also gave Steven Seagal citizenship, so he can hide out. Like, <laughs> like, I don't want to be associated with that guy. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, you you pick your. Your bedfellows, right? Based on, yeah, I guess, on whether or not you feel like he's not going to move to Connecticut, no, and start a not. new start a new life with a new hairdo. <laughs> right? He's a little too well known around the world, so he had to do something. So 
I mean, I guess you can judge him for who he's jumped into bed with, right? Which I'm guessing a lot of people do. Yeah. But at the same time, I get it. He's trying not to he's trying to stay away from snipers' bullets. Well, they also like just a couple years ago like ruled that oh yeah, the NSA was doing exactly what he said they were doing when they had denied it for so long. So But he asked he for clemency. Kind of vindicated and but yeah. he was total but, but they're like no. <laughs> you still you still expose secrets you weren't supposed to expose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've just been I've been listening to those Jack Carr books about yeah. about uh, James Reese. I, it, it's the terminal list, the Chris Pratt shows based on, and I'm I actually just started the fifth and final book in the series that was released this year, and maybe I've been reading those things too much or listening to those too much, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe you're too influenced maybe, by that. Maybe I'm a little too influenced by the spy narrative <laughs> of my of my entertainment here over the last couple of months. Time now for Jimmy's birthday corner on the locker room. This should be good. Calling Trevor. We've been given a, a task. Hello, Trevor here. Good morning, Trevor. How are you? <laughs> morning, Locker. I'm doing excellent. How are you today? Good. Your beautiful wife um, sent us a note and wanted me to give you a call, us to give you a call this morning. Cool, cool. I missed a couple of calls. I tried calling you back. That's okay. Um, I suspected she might have been involved. So <laughs> your lovely wife's, her name is Kama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, she had something that she wanted to talk to you about. She's she's a little embarrassed about the whole thing and, and thought that you <laughs> might be a little embarrassed by the whole thing as well. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. she thought that this would be the avenue to best sort of broach this topic. Because we're you. very gentle and subtle. Y- yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. And I'm, she wants you to know that you should not be self-conscious about your reliance of Viagra moving forward. <laughs> you know, like as you get older, you yeah. know, ED's coming in, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially if you get the COVID ED like Grant's going to. Yeah, exactly. Don't be shy. Listen, there's a lot of guys your age that yeah. are relying on the blue pill, Trevor. Yeah, and, and some of them a couple years younger, maybe even, or even a couple years older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Trevor, happy birthday. Today's a big one, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a long time in the making. We we met yeah. Trevor. He was out at the lawn darts. I remember Trevor. You brought your oh, kid, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son and then yeah, we played against you and Grant in in one round. That's that's and, right. And you whooped us. That's that's right. Listen, Trevor. Happy fiftieth birthday from the locker room and uh, your family and friends. Okay, my friend. That's awesome. Thanks for the call, Locke. You guys have a wonderful morning, and I hope Grant's feeling better. Yeah, he's he's doing okay. He's a little rough, but um, he'll. He'll be he'll bounce back here, no problem. Right on. Yeah. Good. Good right. to hear. Take care, my friend. Hey, you guys have a great morning. Talk to you soon. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 957 Cruise FM. So I asked a couple of people yesterday just to sort of gauge the how dumb am I gonna look um <laughs> thing. And, and I said, Do you know what hydrogen electric is? And um, both people that I asked, I only asked two people, both people had no clue. Obviously, you know what electric energy is, right? But the, the combination of the two, I'm unfamiliar with it. I, I, I sort of had a rough idea of what it was, 
but I don't really know exactly what it was. If somebody forced, sat me down and you know put a gun to my head and said, "You got to, you're going to die unless you can explain hydrogen electric," you'd be dead. I'd be dead. Um, me too. Edmonton, Strathcona County, launching a pilot project now. Um, I read this story. There's going to be two buses, one in Edmonton and one in Strathcona County. And the plan is to add more of them. We have a bunch of electric buses already, but these new hydrogen electric buses, this is just sort of a test thing. So they've bought a couple, and they're going to be on the roads here soon. I thought it would be interesting to learn together today, just in case you were like me and like Grant and like Jimmy, yeah. Um, I have no idea. We're going to learn a little bit about hydrogen electric energy. So, Grant, we got this from Wiki. It's where w- we learn everything now. Um, so, Grant, you want to read that? All right, I'm going to try to read this. The hydrogen economy is using hydrogen to decarbonize economic sectors which are hard to electrify. Essentially, the hard-to-abate sectors such as cement, steel, long-haul transport, etc. In order to phase out fossil fuels and limit climate change, hydrogen can be created from water using renewable resources such as wind and solar, and its combustion only releases water vapor to the atmosphere. Hydrogen is an energetic fuel, frequently used as rocket fuel, Mm. but numerous technical challenges prevent the creation of a large-scale hydrogen economy. These include the difficulty of developing long-term storage, pipelines, and engine equipment, a relative lack of off-the-shelf engine technology that can currently run on safely on hydrogen. So first thing first... It's all clear now. Rocket fuel... Um, is ba- basically what this is. So they're putting rocket engines on trans- transit here in town. Maybe it won't take an hour to get anywhere in the city by bus. <laughs> it's not really rocket engines that they're putting in there. It's basically a way of processing the hydrogen out of uh, out of it, which causes a, a great amount of energy, which then they use to store in batteries to keep uh, causes electricity. Because when you pull a hydrogen atom out of the, the fuel, it causes a large amount of energy. Like hydrogen is also, if, it, if used incorrectly, could be used as a bomb because it's so explosive. So with the fact that the city is using um, hydrogen, with the fact that they're so good at transit as it is, something could go wrong. Especially with the fact that they're using Edmonton as the pilot project. I'm not sure they're going to accidentally create an H-bomb, are they? No, but it, but <laughs> hydrogen fuel is very explosive. That's what Jimmy is sort of alluding to. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's very explosive because it's a very energetic, like it's the removal of We're the hydrogen really is very selling energetic. This, eh? It's all clear now. I was listening to the locker room this morning, and apparently these new buses in Edmonton, are basically bombs. <laughs> they're uh, just they're driving around on bombs. That's it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, hopefully that's clearer for everybody. You've been listening to the Locker Room Podcast. On time and under budget. Sounds like it too. Brought to you by Always Plumbing and Heating. Catch the show live weekday mornings on 95.7 Cruise FM.